you yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would see I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one on one But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me why do you have to go and make things so complicated I see the way you're acting like somebody else gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get And you turn it into Honestly you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it no, 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 no. How are you guys doing? It's exactly 7 p.m. this Sunday evening, and this is Mo Colasso bringing my next episode of the Just a Nobody podcast. And thank you guys for listening. Really, 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 really. From the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it, man. Literally, thank you so much for listening. Anyways, um, yeah, right. So uh, it's another Sunday, uh, another day uh, under lockdown, another day of the pandemic, another day of a few things that keep happening. Nothing changes, no matter what. Um, uh, another day of uh, maybe uh, another day of summer. That's what I could say. And, uh, yeah, so life goes on and, uh, hope you all are doing well. I know, as I always say, this is the one way communication. I sit here yapping. I'm on the floor right now on the ground because that gives me all the energy. It makes me feel real. It makes me feel grounded. Uh, so I love sitting on the floor, uh, and, uh, getting all my episodes, almost all of them, uh, are on the ground and I feel more comfortable, uh, because I don't have too much to do with the computer except for you know playing these songs etc so um it just just works for me um right so uh it's been uh, it's been a week now and um uh there are a few things that happened uh from what i've been you know talking about and few things that um just kind of uh uh, are the same things you know we are where we uh where we all started um the pandemic is still shooting up down our necks i mean i wonder when that's gonna happen but besides that let's you know i want i want to kind of put this down first you know first before i get this show rolling uh there are there are a few things that really bother me you know things like uh like if if like, you know, when I'm doing something and someone, some, I mean, there are many people who love to stare at you, you know, when you're doing something or they keep looking at you like, you know, see, of course, we all are human beings and we are social people. So when we are outside, we do look at each other, you know, maybe, but it's not a stare. It's, it's like you look at someone and you move on, you know, your, uh, your, uh, your glance moves to something else, you know, but if you look at uh, something for more than five seconds or maybe more than 10 seconds you're basically staring so uh, there are three things that i really hate when um you know I, I can handle stares completely i mean you can you can stare at me you can look at me for like a minute and two minutes i would not really bother but there are three things in life if someone's staring i'll walk up to them and tell them hey man you know come on you, you are kind of, you know, getting into my privacy. One is when I'm parallel parking. So um, I have this, uh, <laughs> I don't like driving. Okay, one thing. And even if I'm driving uh, and I have to parallel park, that's one thing where I hate people really, you know, who, who just stare at you uh, and look at you struggling to do it. I hate that. I remember once, uh, once upon a time, uh, once upon a time, I actually uh, was uh, was parallel parking in this very narrow kind of uh, street, and um, so while I was doing that, 
it was a really tough spot, you know, that I had to really fit into. And there were these uh, four to five people in a group. They were literally staring at me, you know, uh, till I could get it done. And like, you know, I was like in front, back, uh, you know, uh, continuously kind of uh, trying to get inside the space. And they were continuously staring. I was like, what the fuck? It's because of you that I can't really do what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. So I kind of left my car there, just parked it midway. Not, not, I didn't power park yet. I walked up and say, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, you guys. It's because of you that I can't park. So can you stop looking at me so that I can do my job? <laughs> So this made them like literally laugh. But I'm saying, I told them, this is not a joke, okay? This is not some stand-up that I'm doing here. I'm serious. I can't park because you're looking at me. And they were like, they laughed. And then, of course, they didn't do it. I mean, they stopped looking at me. And it took me a while, but I parked ultimately. So that's one thing that I can't really have anyone staring at me. Uh, if I'm parrot parking. The second thing is when I'm, you know, taking a test, I'm giving an exam, or maybe I'm writing a paper and, uh, you know, where I'm thinking and kind of writing stuff and um, a professor or, a, or someone or a supervisor one, someone really stops by and looks into my paper, like I completely blank out, you know? I don't know what, what, I'm, what is the next word. So if I'm writing, my name is Merle, and if someone's staring at my paper, I'm like, my name is a, 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 a blanked out. I, I'll even forget my name. I'll literally even forget my name. Like for real, I'll literally forget my name. If someone's looking into my paper, looking at what I'm writing or whatever. So I hate that. That's a second stare that I really hate. And the third stare that I really hate is when I'm buying fish. Like literally, uh, I, I eat, I don't know, some of you may know that I eat a lot of fish. I like eating fish. Uh, that's part of my diet almost every week. Um, so, uh, so when I'm buying fish, you know, there's this, I don't know, it's always like, it's, it always happens. People are, people just stare and look at you buying fish and I'm like, what the fuck? Look away, man. I can't buy the fish that I'm supposed to buy. Of course, I know those, there are some guidelines of buying fish. You got to see that the eyes, uh, the, the eyes of the fish, um, has not turned uh, red it should be white and the liquid that comes out from the eyes you know that there are a few tricks that my mom taught me uh and then um you know the liquid that comes out from the eyes should be white in color there should be no reddish kind of liquid and the third most important thing is what i learned after what happened in kuwait is to check for googly eyes you know because people literally fix those uh googly eyes uh, to make uh, to make fish look uh, to make fish look more alive. I don't know whether you've heard of it. But uh, that actually happened in the Middle East somewhere. And uh, after I read that article, like I don't only look at the eyes for uh, whether it's white and whether the liquid that comes out from the eyes is white. But I also make sure that the that googly eyes are not stuck on the fish. You know, so I'm not using forceps. I literally, you know, pr use my hands to see whether... Um, uh, those are real eyes or just uh, some kind of doll eyes or something. <laughs> yeah, so that's the third place that I really hate people looking at me is when I'm when I'm kind of selecting my fish or buying fish or whatever. You know, fresh fish, selecting it or whatever. Hey, man, don't look at me. Like, hey, man, I'm going to tell you don't look at me because I can't do it. I can't, I can't select the fish that I want, you know? So call whatever. I don't like uh, when that happens... Um, uh, when I'm uh, when I'm power parking, second is when I'm giving a test or writing a paper or writing something down, you know, where I'm churning out my thoughts uh, down on a piece of paper. Hey, man, don't look at me. Hey, man, don't look at me. And third is when I'm buying fish. Don't fucking look at me. You know, I totally get paralyzed. Like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Hey, man, I can't I can't think I don't know what to do, you know, kind of thing. That's what I'm talking about. So, um, so that's, that's what I want to get down before I really get, get on with the show. Like, Hey man, you know, there's a limit to everything. Staring is fine. You know, I can tolerate any kind of staring, but don't stare like you are kind of, um, when I do these things. So that's why, that's why staring should be completely banned, you know, forever and ever.
kind of thing. Chill out what you're yelling for. Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would see. Sorry, I bopped. 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 I'm not gonna take it out, man. I'm not gonna take it out. You gotta listen to my bub. If you wanna listen to my show, you need. If you wanna listen to more Classo on her show, Just a Nobody podcast, you need to. You need to be able to take the sounds of her bubs. If I don't really, uh, you know, if if whatever, like bubs or farts or whatever, you know, you should be able to take it sneezing or uh, whatever it is. I'm not gonna edit it. It's gonna be. It's gonna come like really unfiltered. Uh, right, so what's upsetting uh, me right now is the national security law which was passed in Hong Kong by China overnight. We're sleeping, didn't know what was happening, woke up in the morning and that's what really happened, which really pissed me off because I was talking about it in my previous episodes about how Hong Kong, uh, which has a population of 7 million people in in the community uh it hasn't in it hadn't had and have to use it in the past sense past tense because it no longer is the same hong kong it's no longer going to be the same hong kong after the national security law uh, was passed by china into hong kong now hong kong had an independent legal system it had an independent civil liberties they they had separate economic and governing system from china now hong kong was actually under the british rule from 1841 that is they were colonized as always you know the brits they colonized every country and everyone just got independence from that uh, right, so Hong Kong was colonized by the Brits in 1841 until 1997. In 1997, of course, uh, uh, the the United Kingdom signed uh, an international treaty with China, which was lodged in the United Nations, saying that uh, uh, that was a handing over to China saying that, of course, it's going to be one country, but it's going to be two systems. That is, Hong Kong is still going to be independent. It's going to still have an independent legal system. They will still have independent civil liberties. They will still have a separate economic and governing system from China. So it's a one, one country, two systems kind of rule. And this was for 50 years. That is from 1997 to 2047. That is 2000. 47 now it's just 2020 it's not we have not it's not 2047 yet but in spite of that you know uh china went ahead with the national security law passed it when the world was sleeping when the western world was sleeping and passed it doing nothing now while it was passed uh, what was what was United Nations doing and what was United Kingdom doing? I have no idea. They were just silent, you know, which is really, really, really sad, especially the way uh, Hong Kongers uh, are going to get so badly treated because of this, you know, uh, they were uh, they, they had all the independence that they uh, they needed. But all that is gone now because of that. Um, UK slept over it. The United Kingdom the treaty, the international treaty, which was going to, which was supposed to be lasting till twenty forty seven, is no longer was lodged in the United Nations. United Nations shut up; they didn't do anything. So, um, so, and Hong Kongers were literally on the street for months together. Like literally, it started in twenty nineteen for months together because they knew that China is going to pass such a law. They knew that this. This was something uh, that China was trying. So Hong Kongers went on the street, even amid the pandemic, they went on the street, kind of resist or protesting because they had the right to do it. Now they can't even protest because of the national security law. China's taken over Hong Kong completely. You know, uh, so that is a worry. You know, they did so much. The U UN and UK's involvement was nil, complete silence. The cheek of China to actually pass the national security lid, uh, the national security law amid the pandemic, while this whole pandemic and lockdown thing, global situation is happening, is the worst thing. Uh, 
And while the international treaties still exist under 2047, to do it, China really has, the Chinese government, I don't mean the people. I have nothing against the people in China, not at all. It's the Chinese government who kind of, you know, broke or breached the international treaty that was signed. Um, so what is China going to do now? It's going to make Hong Kong just like it. China, Hong Kong, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my personal story. Once upon a time, a few years back, I wanted to learn the culture of Asia, especially East Asia. I'm an Asian as well. I come from South Asia, but I want to learn the East Asian culture. I know I'm very passionate about culture, learning culture, religion, uh, politics, and you know uh, the way the way people kind of behaviors. I love I love learning that. So once upon a time, I wanted to actually uh, learn the Asian culture, the Eastern Asian culture, and the only place that I could think of was Hong Kong. And I said, you know, I would love to go and work for a few years in Hong Kong. Like literally, I wanted to do that because Hong Kong was a, is a very independent, very global, people speak English. It's very foreign, welcome kind of uh, country, uh, uh, place. And um, so I literally wanted to go to Hong Kong to actually work. Um, and, you know, kind of learn the culture. Good decision. Didn't really go because see what's happening because it's not going to remain the same. It's it's from its independence, from its freedom, international global hub, educated people. It's going to go to the Chinese uh, way of living, you know, on the sly. You can't go on protest whenever you want to. You can't go against the laws that have been passed by the government. That's not going to happen, you know. So, um which is really sad. I really feel for the people of Hong Kong because they really tried so hard, you know, uh, trying to uh, tell the, the uh, government, the local people, the government, governing body in Hong Kong that don't ever allow this national security law. But no, that just happened. It just happened overnight. And then, hey, man, like I was wondering, UK and the United Kingdom and UN didn't say anything. The United Kingdom, the United Nations is still quiet, but United Na Kingdom, like uh, the United Kingdom, suddenly the Prime Minister comes up saying, "We will give citizenship to all Hong Kongers." You know, we are against this national security law that the Chinese government have passed, and we will give UK citizenship to uh, to all the Hong Kongers who are going to be treated so badly. Two questions that I need to ask here to the United Kingdom: Hey, man, what were you doing? before the security law got passed why didn't you act then why didn't you make sure that china sticks by its international treaty okay you didn't do that and now after this passed, you see you're going to give citizenship to all who what makes the united kingdom think that hong kongers are desperate for a citizenship of the united kingdom what if they don't want your citizenship you know you can't just assume that people are desperate to get his citizenship citizenship if they wanted to, they could they could have come long back. And another question that I have is that uh, there are 7 million people, okay? There are 7 million people or Hong Kongers or Hong Kong, Hong Kongers in Hong Kong. 7 million people. And the United Kingdom is going to give citizenship to about 3 million people. Now, those are 3 million people who were born or who have families before 1997 because that that was the that was the year of the handover that uh, you know the united kingdom gave uh, made the one one nation two systems kind of thing the international treaty was signed in 1997 so out of out of um, out of 2 million out of two after out of 7 million hong kongers uh, not every um, not everyone is going to get the uh, the citizenship that United Kingdom, for whoever wants to get it, is going to get it. Only 3 million of them will get because those are the people who were born before 1997, uh, who belong to that uh, phase when uh, the United Kingdom uh, kind of had its authority over Hong Kong. So what about people born after 1997? And all those people who were protesting, you know, on the streets of uh, Hong Kong, we're youngsters, man. We've seen so many people, so many kids, youngsters on our television who were protesting against the national security law. Most of them are actually born after 1997. Most of them are actually the rest of the 4 million people who are not going to be covered under this British 
national overseas eligibility of UK citizenship. So all those people on our television are going to be eligible to get the the UK, UK citizenship that the United Kingdom is promising them. Out of 7 million, only 3 million people are going to be eligible. So what are we talking about, you know? Namesake. Namesake politics, basically. Uh, so that's the catch, you know. Everything looks good when people talk and talk about uh, giving them the citizenship that they deserve. But not all 7 million of them are going to be eligible. And the best part of it, all those protesters on the streets of Hong Kong who were protesting the national security uh, law are born after 1997. That is after the United Kingdom handed over or signed the treaty the One Nation, Two Systems Treaty between Hong Kong, China and United Kingdom and lodged in the United Nations. They were born after 1997. So all those people on our television that we saw, millions of them, they're not going to be eligible for the citizenship. So what are we talking about? Are we kidding? Who are we kidding, man? You think people are not seeing through this bullshit? Hell yeah, we can see through this bullshit. Oh man, seriously, uh, I don't know what's happening. Like literally. It just uh, kind of, uh, everything is just for granted, you know? Like literally, I don't know what, 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 what are we supposed to say about it? And who are we supposed to educate? And I'm just a nobody. You know, if I, I can see through it, then I think everybody else can see through it. You know, people who just kind of uh, walk with the suits and boots and uh, money in their bank accounts. You know, you should not get bullied by them. Not really. Because le leaders today themselves don't know what they're doing. They, they confuse themselves, you know. Anyway. Life's anyway is not perfect. Not really. The only time that life was perfect was when I was a kid, basically. You know, adult, as an adult, life has never been perfect. There's always, you know, the, the good, the bad, the yin and the yangs. You know, adult life is filled with a lot of contradictions. Everything going right. Uh, something, sometimes everything, uh, some, something goes right. There's something wrong. There's some shitty thing happening on the other side. Life never rips, man. Life never rips. And if someone's telling you life rips, he's, he or she's basically lying, you know, fooling themselves first and foremost, and then lying to you that everything's going all right. Nothing's not, everything is never perfect. That's, that's the bottom line. Everything's not perfect. You'll have the good, you'll have the bad. And everybody's going through some shit. So be nice, you know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's that's way to. That's what we need to try really hard. Just be nice, especially this pandemic has made things worse. It has actually exposed the inequalities in society. You know. Now, as we are going through this pandemic, I just see some people like you know, literally playing video, video games. Uh, they're watching movies. They're listening to songs, you know, they're reading books and uh, no worries, you know, we'll get through this. Four months have passed, we'll get through this. We have, we have what it takes to help us survive. That's for some people. But then the remaining everybody, it has affected it so badly. People are unable to pay rent, they're going homeless. People are hungry. Healthcare is a challenge. People are getting depressed. There's a lot of anxiety. So why is there a difference? Because the pandemic is not our fault. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's just happened. So why is there so much of an equality when it comes to something that's not our fault? We didn't, we didn't make this pandemic happen. So, um, so there's a huge difference, you know, the way each one of us is handling the pandemic. Life doesn't rip. It just doesn't rip, you know. Uh, so, uh, so this reminds me of uh, Alanis uh, 
Marset's song, uh, One Hand in My Pocket, which is such a brilliant song, you know, where she uh, where she talks about one hand in my life is all about one hand in my pocket, where we are kind of, you know, there's a lot of hesitation in life. There's a lot of, lot of uncertainty in life. There's a lot of inequality. There's a lot of disengagement. There's a lot of reservation. There's a lot of fear insecurities and that's what she describes or narrow-mindedness you know what she describes by one hand in my pocket and the other one on the other hand at the same time is giving a high five you know it's flicking a cigarette it's giving a peace sign it's playing a piano or it's hailing a taxi cab so I love I love the way she kind of describes life in the song uh said uh, describes life in the song, uh, you know, which is like one hand in the pocket, but the other one is, you know, uh, is um, uh, it, it describes openness, enthusiasm, positivity, open-mindedness, experiences, opportunities. Uh, so I love this song, and I wanted to play a little bit of it uh, before we kind of, you know, talk about it in a little more detail, especially during this time of the pandemic. I think this is one of the songs that really takes it, you know, uh, to another level and explains it beautifully. You know, of course, life before the pandemic has never been perfect. There's a lot of ups and downs, yin and yangs and whatever. But the pandemic, I think this is a perfect pandemic song to help us, you know, keep that positive energy going because uh, everything's going to be just fine. So let's listen to a little bit of the song and then we talk about it in some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this song, man. It's so, it's so true that life is, um, it's, it's, it's the good and the bad. It's the yin and the yang, the positive and the negative, the light and the dark, you know, life is filled with contradicting emotions. And this is, this is a song all about it's dualism. It's all, it's all interrelated, you know. So everything's going to be, but ultimately, I love the bottom line of the song. And she says, everything's going to be fine, fine, fine. You know, I love the song. And it's so apt, not only 
life is not only complicated it's not only it's 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 not the good and the bad it's not only during the pandemic it's always adult life is going to be like that so i love the song you know i'm broke but i'm happy i'm poor but i'm kind i'm shot but i'm healthy yeah i'm high but i'm grounded i'm sane but i'm overwhelmed I'm lost but I'm hopeful baby what it all comes down to is that everything's gonna be fine 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 now cuz I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one is giving a high five damn man brilliant and this was i don't know when the song was sung but hey man it's so apt it's so fucking apt even today you know alanis morissette beautiful song yeah talking about the pandemic i don't know what's happening with uh, covid-19 covid-19 i wish i could see you man i wish i could see you you know stop playing hide and seek with us you know <laughs> Hey man, COVID-19. <laughs> hey COVID-19, stop playing hide and seek with us. Can I just see you with my naked eyes? Can I can I just like But anyways, a lot happening. Cases of infection keeps increasing, which is really really strange. We are in the fourth month after the pandemic really got on to all of us March somewhere in the middle of march but the cases of infection keeps increasing that's of course thank god thank goodness it's decreasing uh but there are a number of covid parties that are happening which is which is very weird uh many pharmaceutical companies trying to make profits out of a few life saving medicines uh um which is really strange and then wearing a mask is still is still a political battle has become a political battle uh which i don't really get it like i talked about it last time but it's still the case so lots happening with covid-19 only one thing hey man covid could i just see you could i meet your boss could i meet see your manager please hey covid-19 could i see your manager could i talk to your manager please hey man can i So um of course the infections uh seem to keep increasing in all over the world uh, uh the number one country with the most infections the United States second is Brazil and today i just read news that uh, india has taken over russia so now india is the third uh third country with the highest infections and then it's russia really sad really sad i don't know what's happening Uh right now in the United States there are 40,000 infections per day and Dr. Fauci has is expected uh, is expecting it to rise to 100,000 per day because of the number of uh parties all around uh the nation. Like I was reading about this weird party uh which happened in Alabama about how uh these are called covid parties like covid no 1920 nothing just covid parties. wherein um these organizers they call in young young kids you know they um uh they invite kids who are not not infected and then they call also people who are infected so i wonder where do they find these infected people like is there a database or something or do they have some kind of contact tracing app or something that tells them which people are infected so they call uh young kids who are not infected and they they call infected people and uh and then they have a com- uh, a very competitive party competitive in the sense that uh any of these young kids who get infected first whoever is that kid who gets infected first gets a pot of money which was collected based on the tickets that were sold so that's what they call the covid party and i was like hey man tell me this is this is an april fools joke in july like hey man you know just tell me it's an april fools joke in july like i'll buy it I buy blindly. You know, I don't need any proof because this can't be real. But hey man, the city council in Alabama was actually involved. And this is not 
this is not um, a joke. It's a reality that people are actually having competitive COVID parties to see which of those youngsters get infected first and then pay them out. You know, it's a, like a payout kind of thing. So you get, the, you get a prize. Hey, man, what the fuck? My question is, you know, who pays? Okay, so you go, for, you go to the party and you pay. You put it in the pot. But who pays for these tests? Because ultimately, you need to have a doctor's a test kind of uh, test result, which says that you don't have, uh, you have your COVID positive or COVID uh, negative. If you're COVID positive, probably you get the price, you know. So you get the, you get the price or whatever it is. So who really pays for the test? Because if the test is, the test is so expensive, it's about $300. I don't know what's the cost of the test. I have no idea. So the cost, it is expensive, but, but what if the price of the test is more than the, uh, 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 the price, the fees of the test is more high than what you win, you know, the winning amount, then it makes no sense, you know? What is the use of just going to a party and winning something like that? So that's my basic question. But hey, man, Alabama, don't do this, man. What the fuck? Okay, they say that kids don't die, etc. But hey, man, you go back to your homes, you know. You go back to your family and there they could be seniors out there who you could just transfer the disease to. Why, why play such a party? Those beach parties are better. I think, then, you know, something so, uh, 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 something so divisive, like, I'm, hey, man, what are we doing? Like, you know, COVID parties, didn't do that. Everything's gonna be fun, fun, fun. And I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's playing the piano or the other ones hailing a taxi cab ready to go man one in the pocket which is all like you know uh restless and uh don't know what's happening uh inequality and all that but the other one's hailing taxi cab because ready to go you know that's life basically the two sides of life like, I love the way she says, I'm sad, but I'm laughing. I'm brave, but I'm chicken shit. I'm sick, but I'm pretty, baby. And what it all boils down to is that no one's really got it figured out just yet. I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's playing the piano. How true, man. So, uh, so I was reading this uh, Goldman Sachs research paper. There's this team, a team in Goldman Sachs research. They came out with a kind of uh, analysis of what wearing a face mask can really change of course it's become a political issue it's become a health issue people don't know whether you know uh, it's beneficial people are uh, kind of arguing whether it's been so it's a health issue it's a political issue but now goldman sachs research company the team kind of looked at it from another perspective where they say that it is an economic issue as well you know it is uh it it affects GDP. And I hope at least based on this research, we kind of give it a thought. I know political matters, we're not going to change. You know, each one has their sides. We're not going to do anything about it. Uh, but at least, you know, if you look at the economic issue, if it can improve GDP. So that's what Goldman Sachs, the organization really did. And based on their research, they found out that uh, using a face mask actually reduces it reduces the need uh, for a broader lockdown. So if you if you're wearing a mask, there is no need of a broader lockdown that we are under right now. It reduces the virus growth. That completely is true. It change it changes the number of infections. Uh, the numbers would definitely decrease, 
as opposed to what's happening right now. So face masks actually worked in East uh, Asia because it became a mandate, like it became mandatory that you have to wear it. Others, you'll be fined. You know, you're going to be fined. You're going to be uh, you're going to be even be taken behind bars for all you care. So in East Asia, China, South Korea, some countries like that, they did a good job. Uh, and it didn't affect their GDP as much. It reduced the number of uh, broader lockdowns. It reduces the virus growth and it reduced the number of infections because they had a mandate that whatever, you're going to wear a mask, you know. So they did a good job. Even southern European countries like Italy and Spain, they lowered their numbers as well, where it was skyrocketing once upon a time. They flattened the curve literally because they had a national mandate. So what Goldman Sachs research company is basically saying is that we need to have a national mandate in every country. You don't leave it up to the states to decide, you know, whether wearing a mask is mandatory or not. You know, it should be it should be done on national level and it should be a national mandate. So you are not uh, you don't have the right to decide whether you want to wear a mask or not. You just have to wear it no matter what, because you've seen it can really decline the number, the growth of virus from 1.6% to 0.6%, which is really good. It seems it can improve the GDP by 5% by wearing a mask. And then there are fewer lockdowns. You don't have to like have a complete lockdown, fewer lockdowns. Um, and, uh, add, and this way, you know, imagine 5% of GDP uh, growth uh, which can, uh, you know, which is usually reducing per quarter, won't happen. So uh, I like the research, you know, I was just reading it and, and very intriguing, you know, of how that can really happen. Uh, so uh, so wearing a mask is not only a health issue or it should not only be, a, what is it called, a political issue. It's a GDP issue. It's an economic issue. It can really bring about change the way we... Uh, uh, the way we live life, you know, it can reduce the number of uh, job losses, uh, you know, um, and everything. It's just going to improve everything. There's going to be fewer lockdowns like how, what East Asia and uh, Southern Europe countries have done. So, uh, so I love that research. But one thing that's, that's really frightening is the way uh, uh, Remdesivir, I believe that's the only antiviral drug that is available, intravenous um, medicine drug that is available that does do something to help people who have been infected. Um, it, I believe it reduces your recovery time uh, and that's the only medicine that is available till a vaccine really comes out. Of kind of vaccine is completely preventive. It's just kind of you will never get the virus if you have the vaccine. So, but until then, we have remdesivir. So, remdesivir. Okay. Now, this is a medicine that is made by, um, which is the name of the company? Uh, Gilead. Yeah, I believe Gilead is making it. So, I was looking at the price, you know, basically, uh, like, what do people really have to pay? And I, uh, I believe they need five doses or ten doses, depending on, uh, the, the the where they have reached in the infection, they are completely infected. Maybe they need ten doses. Maybe when it's starting, five doses. But I believe the cost that Gilead really has put is three hundred and ninety dollars per dose. That is per intravenous injection. Uh, that is for people with government insurance. If you have a private insurance, and it's around five hundred and twenty dollars per uh, per dose. Uh, and for those people who are unsure, it seems it's going to be covered by the CARES Act, which is passed, uh, I believe. So, um, which I still think it's so expensive. Like, you know, uh, these drugs should be free of cost. Pan this, the COVID-19 is not our fault. It's a global pandemic. Everybody can get infected. So it's not our fault. Why, why do we put a price of 319, 520, depending on your insurance providers, you know? shouldn't be free of cost all over the world and then of course now this is the rates uh, in the united states and uh, i believe Gilead, which is a 
U.S. company has given rights to five drug makers, uh, five drug makers around the world. I believe two of them are from India, to uh, to make and distribute the drugs to one hundred and one hundred and twenty seven countries. Uh, so there are two Indian companies that are also going to make it, supply and Dr. Reddy's, uh, and going to distribute it to one hundred and twenty seven countries, which is like. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna charge. I believe in in India it's gonna be a uh, hundred dollars per dose, and Europe it's about four hundred dollars per dose. So which is which is pretty expensive. It's still expensive and should kind of be free of cost anywhere in the world, no matter what it is, because the COVID COVID nineteen is not our fault. Why should anyone pay for it? You know so. Um, so the problem is, you know, if you don't have the money, what do you do? Like, uh, what do you do if you cannot pay for it? You just die of the infection? You know, because there's a price tag to it, which is uh, the price should not be a hindrance to treatment for anybody. So that's my, that's my, uh, what if, uh, and what if drug makers just play a price game, you know, of um, not making the drug easily available, so... The demand keeps increasing, the supply decreases, and that, that way they can increase the prices because it can be a price war altogether. And that's why I believe it should be free of cost because when you put a price tag to something that is a matter of life and death and a disease that has no vaccine, has no cure, has no prevention, it's just, it's just the medicine that is anything to do with it, any kind of medicines, any kind of drugs, any kind of vaccines, you should keep price out of it. Keep money out of it, you know? Because then drug makers will play the price war. They'll try their level best to keep uh, supply as low as possible so the demand keeps increasing and they can keep increasing the price because $400 for one dose is really high. And then you need five doses or you need 10 doses. So it comes to around $4,000 for 10 doses to help you live. Can't afford it, man. I can't afford it. So this is something to really uh, uh, think about. Don't put money, don't put a price tag on life-saving medicines. Why that if you have the money, you are allowed to live, and if you don't have the money, you don't, you don't, you know, you can, you shouldn't live. You don't have the right to live. Fuck. I fucking hate this. I fucking hate this inequality. I hate when people distinguish between two people based on how much of money they have in their bank accounts. It's frustrating. Can't take this. So, um, I'm free, but I'm focused. I'm green, but I'm wise. I'm hard, but I'm, I'm hard, but I'm friendly, baby. I'm sad, but I'm laughing. I'm brave, but I'm chicken shit. I'm sick, but I'm pretty, baby. And what it all boils down to is that no one's really got it figured out yet. I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's hailing a taxi cab. What it all boils down to, my friend, yeah, that everything's gonna be just all right. I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's giving a peace sign. Da, na, 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 na. Okay, that's all that I had for this week, man. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Don't forget, I have my email address. You can write to me at justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. 
anything that you want to write, really write. Ask me if you want to if you want me to talk to talk about something. If you want to talk to me on my podcast, please let me know. I would love to take callers or uh, whatever it is, you know, to get involved because you know it becomes it becomes easier when two people are really talking. So, if you want to speak on my on my episodes, any of my episodes on my uh, podcast, please write to me at just a nobody podcast at gmail.com. Any topic that talks about culture, uh, you know, about culture, I really would love talking about because that that's really, that really excites me. Life, culture, way of living, you know, a little politics maybe should also do good religion. You know, I love learning about new things. And if you want to teach me, hey man, you could speak on my a podcast. So just do that. You can also DM me on my Twitter account at M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. I really, really, really appreciate it. Come on, man. It's a big deal for me, you know. Anyways, before I go, let's play a little bit about one hand in my pocket and the other one's flinging a hi-fi. And I'll be on the side of the song. all for this week guys thank you so much for listening baby bye 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 bye